0: And even though I was at home by myself and I was feeling a little lonely and a little sad, I opened these up and it was just so fun. It gave me surprise and delight. And I got to see, like learn about new brands and products. And so I was sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, does anyone do this for women entrepreneurs? Because that's where I feel lonely too. It sometimes feels like you're on an island when you're working by yourself. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn
1: Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other Ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Singula, and today we have a very special guest, somebody that I am excited to talk to, Julie Ball. She is the CEO founder of All Things Subscription Boxes, and we're going to talk about how subscription boxes really can be kind of another income stream for a lot of Ecom business owners how you kind of got into that through, um, I think, Sparkle, what is it? Sparkle Hustle Grow, right? Mm -hmm. It was so cool. Sparkle Hustle Grow. And we're going to get into all of these things. But before we do that, Julie, introduce yourself, tell our audience a little bit about who you are and how you got to this point in your business.
0: Sure. So I am the head coach at Subscription Box Basics, and that is a podcast website coaching program all the things about subscription boxes, but I didn't start my entrepreneurial life in subscription boxes. I actually am a corporate dropout. So I did 10 years in corporate America in a very male dominated field. And in 2011, when I had my daughter McKenna, who's now a middle schooler, I left my corporate gig and started my own business, just kind of working naps, nights, and weekends, I call it. And so over the years, I've had a variety of different types of businesses. I have done service-based, product-based, podcasting, author, all the things. And that kind of leads me to where I am today. And so in 2016, I launched Sparkle Hustle Grow, which is a monthly subscription box for female entrepreneurs. It, it was a box that sent every month a book, tech gadgets, office supplies, stationery, all the fun stuff that's, we used to call it the best business expense ever. Yeah. And so <laughs> fast forward six years, I sold that business for multiple six figures last year. So that was August 2022. And since then, I've doubled down on the coaching for Subscription Box Basics. And I really believe in empowering women and being cheerleaders to help everyone. What is, what's that quote or a rising tide Lifts all boats or something. something yeah, to that yeah, effect. yeah. Right, one so, of my
1: favorites. Right.
0: <laughs> yes. So, anyhow, um, we are a homeschooling family. We are. We live near Asheville, North Carolina. Have a mini labradoodle named Bobo and a husband named Kenny. And so we love to be outdoors. And so that's just a little bit about me. I know we're going to go into the story of Sparkle Hustle Grow and all that, but yeah. that's just a little bit about me.
1: Awesome. Okay. So I, I love the best business expense kind of thing too, because, you know, I, I think, you know, I think about subscription boxes. I I don't necessarily think that a lot of people understand how they can use that in their business, right. Or how they could add that to their business. But before we go into that, tell me a little bit about, so what was kind of the, the thought process behind getting started with a subscription box? I mean, of all the, of all of the, you know, different businesses that you could have, or, you know, that you wanted to, why was a subscription box kind of the area that you ended up going into
0: and, and how did that kind of come to be? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I'll start with, what are subscription boxes because some people still don't know what a subscription box is Yeah, great. and it's it's basically think of a product based business but you ship it on a regular basis so maybe that's monthly maybe that's bi-monthly or quarterly so you're constantly sending out new boxes of new curated goods or some sort of repren- replenishment product like mm-hmm. an amazon subscribe and save maybe for dishwasher tabs or something like that so yeah, right. make sure what we all understand what a subscription box is so the, how I got into subscription boxes, it was by chance, which is, I feel like that happens so often Everybody, as entrepreneurs. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of, uh, I don't want to say I fell into it, but I didn't expect it to take off like it did. Yeah. So at the time we, um, in 2016, we moved from Charlotte to Asheville in North Carolina. And it was right before my daughter was about to start kindergarten. And so I found myself in a new community. Mm -hmm. working from home. My daughter was going to school. I didn't have a support system there yet. I was feeling a little bit lonely behind the scenes. And at the time I was doing a service, I was running a service-based business. It was building websites, doing social media for small businesses. And again, just felt lonely behind the scenes. And so, you know, sometimes when there's a gap in our life that just needs filled. And so you I don't know as an entrepreneur, if you do this, but I do this, I find a new project to really yeah. lose myself in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I ended up ordering a couple of subscription boxes because who doesn't like Happy Mail? I'm if I'm being honest, it was a little bit of retail therapy. Right. So <laughs> I bought Stitch Fix, which was a clothing subscription box, and I bought yeah. Yogi Surprise, which yeah. was tools and resources and products for people who do yoga. And I opened up these boxes. And even though I was at home by myself and I was feeling a little lonely and a little sad, I opened these up and it was just so fun. It gave me yeah. a surprise and delight. And I got to see, like learn about new brands and products. And so I was sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, does anyone do this for women entrepreneurs? Because that's where I feel lonely too. It sometimes feels like you're on an yeah. Island when you're working by yourself. Yeah. right? Yeah. So I thought to myself, I grabbed one of those boxes and I just started putting some things in there. And I thought maybe this would be really fun. And so I literally looked back at my own expenses as what am I buying as an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur? And so it was a lot of courses, a lot of books uh, and office supplies, because I like bright, colorful things. I like motivational quotes. and You can see in my office how much color there is. Right, right. I think it's inspiring. So I started putting that together as like, "Hmm, I wonder if this would work started sharing it about it online. Just say, asking my female entrepreneur friends, is this something you'd be interested in? And there was interest. So yeah. I worked, I started my pre-launch and launched the box in October of 2016. Sold about 45 subscriptions in my in my launch, which was really exciting. It, it wasn't, I didn't hit my goal of a hundred boxes, but it gave me enough to say, this has legs. Yeah, yeah. Fast forward a couple months, I hit that hundred mark of subscribers and then 9 months in I had replaced my full-time income with wow. this business. So what started as a side hustle just blo- like bloomed into right? this big opportunity. So I stopped taking other clients, other websites and really went all in on the subscription box world. And it's funny, um, I always thought that people were going to buy they they were going to buy because they love stuff. They love things. Yeah. And what I found was that I had a community component of it as well. Right. And when I did surveys with my customers they'd say I bought for the stuff but I stayed for the community. Because mm. on average they stayed 9 months. And if you're wow. a, a product based yeah. business owner think about wouldn't it be nice to chase a customer and have them stick around for 9 months instead yeah. of just one one sale. So right. that's what really drew me to the into and lean into that that recurring revenue model.
1: Well, you know, there's so many good things on, on that, the community and the, and the finding your thing. And I I always love to hear the stories of how people came to their entrepreneurial journey and how they kind of came into, you know, their thing, right. This is same with me in a marketing agency. I was kind of doing the same thing where I was like consulting with people all the time and they'd be like, well, don't you have anybody that can do that for you? And I was like, Hmm, light bulb moment. Yeah. Right. right? (laughs) Okay. Let's do that. Let's do it. You know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, well, I feel lonely. I'm going to create something that's going to, you know, empower, empower and inspire other people to do, you know, those types of things. So in the subscription box that you had initially, you know, people think about, you know, how do they find their people? How do they know if this is a, a good idea? So it's, it's going to take a, this question is going to take a little bit of a turn off of the actual boxes themselves. Sure. But when you think about starting something particularly like this, that is a little bit different than maybe what you had initially planned to do, right? How did you know it was a good idea? So you didn't hit your goal, but you still knew it was like, something to go ahead on. What kind of, you know, for our audience, tell us a little bit about how you just kind of, did you just trust yourself? Was there something in the data? Did you hear feedback? I mean, how did you know that like, this is what I should continue to do?
0: All those things. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But a couple of things that stick out to me are that I guess I'm naturally a a risk taker. Yeah. Uh, When I left corporate America to be a stay-at-home mom, that never was the plan, but it felt right in the moment. And if you would have asked me at the time, you know, what's your, what's it going to be in 30 days, in three months, in three years, I I didn't know. And we were willing to take that risk. Now, at the time we had a little bit of leeway because my husband was on a salaried job. He was a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so we were, we had to change things to live on one salary. So, you know, that's one thing is you, you take a risk, but you may have to pivot and adjust. You may have to um, change your life in other ways. And then the other thing is, and this is like a very tactical thing. Yeah. I was able to, I started out with custom boxes. So I went to a box printer. I said, this is my product, I want to print custom boxes. And I was going to be able to save a lot of money by committing to 250 boxes instead of a hundred. And yeah. in my mind, I said, Come hell or high water, I'm going to sell 250 boxes because that yeah. was my investment. And I'm going to sell these boxes. Right. I don't want to be stuck with a bunch of custom boxes. So it kind of gave me that, okay, here's your next goal is let's sell. Two hundred fifty. I'm very goal oriented, and so you tell me to hit a goal, or if you tell me I can't hit a goal, man, that lights a fire. (laughs) I am too. Like you tell me I can't, I'll show you I can. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And so that was that was kind of it for me. If we were going to invest into this business, I was going to commit to selling at least two hundred fifty boxes, and that happened in the first couple months. And A hundred boxes to me or a hundred subscribers was, it it kind of feels like an arbitrary number, but I thought that if I can get a hundred people to put their credit card down for this product, it had legs and it was worth, worth chasing. Yeah, for sure. I love that because that, you know, I think a lot of times people are
1: scared to take the risk when Mm -hmm. they think about pivoting or trying something different. I think there's always sort of this, well, you have to sell so many just to, to prove that it has legs, or you have to do this to prove that it's a real deal. And I agree with that to a certain degree. You know, I, I I'm yeah. not a big fan of like, you know, spending a whole bunch of money on something that you don't know that's going right, to right. sometimes you do have to just kind of like, you know, go with your gut a little bit mm-hmm. in the fact that, you know, if this is something that people are interested in, or you can really find your passion around it, a lot of times with that passion comes success, right? Regardless. Yeah. So figuring out how it will work is sort of secondary to the passion that comes at the front. Right. Right.
0: And my friend Bevin told me the other day, she uses this, this phrase for herself. She says, I'm going to chase a goal or I'm going to pursue a business until it no longer serves me. Yeah. And so that to me i was like that makes so much sense because if after i sold those 250 boxes i wanted to stop that business sell yes. that business or pivot that business i could right so you right. know you have the option it's just sometimes we have to put our ego aside or yep. our fear and we have to you know put our fear aside but you can be scared and brave at the same time that's the way yeah, i look exactly. at it Exactly. I love that.
1: So, okay. So you got these boxes, you got these first hundred subscribers, you, you got people to do it. And now fast forward several years, you're, you're clipping along and things are going well. What all of a sudden made you go, Hmm, I'm going to sell this thing now. And I'm going to start coaching people on how to do this. What was that change in kind of the, the business model?
0: there were a few things that played into it. Um, The first thing is, so I I launched the box business in 2016. And by 2018, I was already doing some of that coaching because people were just like, can I pick your brain? And I I got tired of that. And I said, okay, I'm going to record all of these answers, create a course so that I don't have to keep repeating myself. So the coaching (laughs) part came naturally and it just made sense. It was at a point where I wanted to help bring my husband home from his teaching career, because he was in a toxic environment mm-hmm. at the, at where he was working. And so that really gave me that fuel to do the, the coaching business. Now, keep in mind, I was running both of these business kind of like parallel, yeah. and that was fine for a season. Yeah. But there's a point where I started getting weary and I'm just like, I'm tired. Yeah. And that was at the time where I started getting that gut feeling where I wasn't as excited about working on the box business as I once was. And I Mm -hmm. always like to look at things in seasons. And, yeah. and, you know, your goals for this season or how you want to run your business, it might be different from five years ago or five years in the, in the future, yeah. it's always going to change. Right. And so I was comfortable with that, that I never set out to create this business to sell it, but, huh, that could be an option. I need right. to look into that. Exactly. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I never, I had too much to lose to just shut it down. Yeah. So once I started getting that gut feeling of, huh, what does that look like to sell a business? I started doing research. I started making contact with people who either coached on this or had a podcast on this. Mm -hmm. And fast forward, I I met a broker that just really spoke to me that felt like very much in alignment. It was a business broker Mm -hmm. and she walked me through the process. I ultimately hired her. She helped me find our dream buyers, which was a big part of it too. Like, yeah, able to sell it to another family that had the same heart, the same passion, the the same drive to serve the audience as we did made it so much easier. And I, I love what they're doing with the business. So that feels really good to see that the business is still thriving.
1: That's awesome. Well, you know, I think a lot of us don't necessarily go into our businesses wanting to sell them, Mm -hmm. but I love how you were able to recognize the fact that it's time, you know, it's time to pivot or change or, or whatever. And I think that a lot of us are nervous or scared to try to sell our business. So before we go into the coaching of the boxes, what, what were some things that you learned in the selling of this business that are, that would like, if you could rewind and do it again, or if you had known at the beginning of your business, that this was going to be something that I, was going to need to know how to do, or should have, you know, got my books together in a special way or something like that. What what would be those things that, you know, maybe people don't know that mm-hmm. they should be thinking about if they're going to sell.
0: It was about a year for me that I took to learn how the process worked, to mm-hmm. get my books in order, get my SOPs and updated and to what's the best way to say is it? just to make it more profitable to like trim excess tech. Um, yeah slim down the team. One thing that I learned was for subscription boxes specifically, it wasn't about the number of subscribers I ha- had. Mm-hmm. It was more about how profitable is this business and yeah. is do you have it set up in a way where the new owner can come in, take over the reins and scale it if that's what they choose to, making it a really simple process. And I think over the years, my, my right-hand gal and I, she she worked with me for five of the six years running mm-hmm. this business. She and I get that, what is it called? What's like shiny object syndrome yeah, where yeah. We, we created new projects. We created new ideas just because it got us excited and passionate about it. But right. when it came down to selling, we wanted to, to trim all of that out of the equation sure, and make sure. it as simple as possible. What's the fewest number of software that we can use to run the business? How can we set the, uh, the new owners up for success and hand it over in a way where they can just go through the SOPs, go through some training and run. Yeah. So simplifying, making it as profitable as possible. And then the, there's the other element that I had to emotionally prepare as well. I was going to say, there's probably a little bit
1: of the, the heart piece of it that goes with it too, because I've thought of that many times, like, Ooh, could I possibly give this or sell this? Even though it's, you know, you're, you're doing a transaction and you're getting paid for it. It's still your baby, right? It is.
0: It is. And one thing that really helped us is we, my husband was doing the packing and the shipping for me. Yep. And I was running the business. And so he and I and our daughter sat down. I had a glass of wine. He had a beer. She had a juice box. And we had this dream session. We're like, what would our dream day, month, year look like? What would we fill it with? What would we not want to do? Yeah. And we homeschool, we work from home. So we have a ton of flexibility in in what that looks like. And after that conversation or through that conversation, it became clear that Sparkle Hustle Grow wasn't going to be a legacy brand that I passed down to my daughter.
1: Yeah, It
0: wasn't my husband's passion to run our home-based warehouse. Yeah. And in fact, he had some ideas of what his next career was going to be, but he didn't have the capacity to do that because he was helping me and homeschooling. Sure. So we made all these decisions together as a family and we realized that Sparkle Hustle Grow, we had, we had run the season that we were going to run with it. And it was so interesting because when we ultimately found the buyers, when I first met them, it was, there was a zoom call that we had and I told them my story about why we were selling the story I just told you. And she said, you will not believe that is the same situation over here. We were running this business and we were ready for our next season, and yeah. I mean, we we got chills on that call, and we were like, "This this is too to yeah, yeah this is this is too meant to be." And and they ended up um, they live in Seattle, and they came all the way to North Carolina to train with us at the warehouse, husband oh and wife gosh. team, and yeah. now they run it from their home. So it, it was really oh beautiful, um, but it didn't. It took work to get it there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that is such a cool story, first of all. And and I think you said so many different things about simplification and profitability and things that I'm sure you coach your clients about now as mm-hmm. they're thinking about subscription boxes. So let's let's transition into that just a little bit. So now Perfect. you've told your business and now mm-hmm. you're coaching other businesses on how mm-hmm. to do what you did, right? right. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like and and who are your customers now or clients that you're coaching are they all e-commerce businesses are they are they subscription specific are they you know like tell me a little bit about the type of business that that you're working with or who could be a potential client for you
0: the majority of our students at subscription box basics are going to fall into two categories one is that they have a subscription box business idea and they just don't know where to start. You can Google how to start a subscription box and you're going to get millions of videos and and entry like blog posts and this and that. And so what we've done is we've created, my team and I have created subscription box bootcamp, which is our signature course. And Mm -hmm. it walks you through from idea to launch and beyond in a very linear way, no fluff, lots of templates. So that's one, the... That's who most of our clients are, our students are. The other subset of our students are people who already have an existing business and they want to add an additional stream of revenue. So maybe they are a coach and they want to add a box that supports the coaching. It's tools and resources that go well with their coaching. Or maybe it's a product-based business and they want to have a, a... You know, a product of the month club, something like that. Yeah. So that's who we're ideally serving. Usually it's going to be the new and aspiring subscription box business owner. And so we, they usually start with our podcast. We've had the podcast for years now. And I have a book on Amazon as well that is just a little workbook that helps you decide if this is even a, a business model you want to pursue.
1: Great. Well, we'll drop all of those into the show notes and the links so everybody can can go check those out. But let's talk about the businesses that maybe think about wanting to add this as an additional stream of income. Because I know a lot of our listeners are you know, e-com business owners or service-based business owners. And I've heard people always say, well, wouldn't it be cool if we could like send our customers like something every month? And then it kind of was like, well, what do we send or what that seems like it would be really expensive and that type of thing. So talk about adding an additional revenue stream. What does that look like? If you are already an established business and you're Mm -hmm. thinking about doing this, what kinds of like subscription boxes could you add or what types of things could that be?
0: Oh, there's so many different things that you could add. And I think one of the most important things that you need to think about just like with any business is who the the target audience that you're going to serve and yeah. the pain point that you're going to solve. Yeah. The it's it's just not the type of economy right now that you can just send a box of stuff and people are going to subscribe month after month after month. You need to have some sort of transformation that they go through. Yeah. And the other thing about it right now is Typically, I don't recommend people just to send a box of stuff. We encourage experiential factors too. So maybe that's music playlists that go with it. Maybe mm. that is a community that goes with it or free downloads, things that work with it in addition to the products that you're gonna send. Yeah. So one of the first things that I would do if I had an existing business and wanted to add this as an additional stream of revenue is start asking my customers. Uh, I would put it out there and say, hey, if we sent a monthly box, what kind of things would you love? And yeah. then start asking them more and more questions, whether that's in a Facebook group or maybe you create a survey that you email to them. Yeah, Time after time, I see business owners making decisions that aren't really validated. And right. it's just yeah. so easy <laughs> to ask your customers, like make right. these decisions for me. Right. We often do that with when, when I was running the box, say I would have two products and I would just post on social media, vote below. Yeah. Would you rather get product A or product B? And then would send that same link to our email list. And then they would make the decision for me. And then I would buy that product and they'd see it in the next box. And they would also feel emotionally attached to it. Then be like, yeah, because I voted for the, oh, that's yeah. the thing I voted for. Majority right? wins, majority right. wins, right? Yeah. So ask your customers and also think about what products do you have that people use on a regular basis? Maybe they're going to run out. So for example, skincare, Yeah. When, I mean, figure out how long one tube of lotion lasts someone on average and then, and then do a replenishment service. So maybe, maybe it lasts two months on average. So make it a bi-monthly mailer. So there's a lot of easy ways to add. And then the last thing I'd want to say is take a look at your software. Uh, I'm not sure how, you know, what software everyone uses, but Shopify is a very, very uh, good to use, very popular, very capable software yeah. That out of the box, you can't run a subscription, but all you have to do is add a plugin or an app, right. like an app, like Store or yeah. Paywhirl. And yeah. all of a sudden now your same website can can do recurring shipments, recurring right. uh, model. So those are the things that I would start with. Are there any
1: businesses that you would say would not be good candidates for a subscription box? Is there any situation where you have told your students or even thought through like, I don't see, or is it just a matter of being creative and what it is that you're going to be offering in the subscription box? Because what you just said with like the reoccurring lotion or the reoccurring skincare, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, it's like, I don't think of that as like a subscription box, but it is right. So then I'm like, Oh, well maybe there are more things that could be doing, you know? So are there any businesses where you don't see that necessarily working out or could everybody have something at some
0: point? Whoa, that's a loaded question. So, yeah. <laughs> if I I haven't had anyone come to me with a bad idea, but there's ways to make it better. Yeah. I really really believe you have to be solving a problem. Yeah. And so when it comes to something like a replenishment, okay, so let me take a step back. There's there's two types of subscriptions that you're going to typically see. One is the replenishment model, which is what we just talked about. You're going to run out of something and we're going to send you a new one so that you always have your vitamins or you always have your soap or whatever when you need it. So convenient. Yeah. Then the other model is more of like a product discovery and more of like a surprise box. So maybe they don't know what they're going to get, but it's a way to discover brands that help them. Now, someone could come to me and say, oh, I want to make a self-care box. Well, I mean, yes, that's fine. A self-care box, but let's take it one step further. Maybe it's a self-care box for, um, there's a, one of my students is doing a self-care box for moms in the uh, that have babies in the NICU for like during that journey of when they're in the NICU and when they get back home. Oh, that's a yeah. very specific type of self-care box because that mom is going through a very specific thing. Right. My suggestion when someone comes to me with an idea, like I want to run a self care box, is let's niche down once more. So there wasn't a bad idea, but I think that we can niche down and make it better because. You can't, you can't solve everyone's problem with the same box. It has to be very specific. Now there's going to be some customers that might be the outliers, right? Um, They might not be your target audience, but you can't solve someone's problem unless you very specifically identified who it is, who they are, what they're going through and how you're going to fix that problem. Right
1: riches are in the niches is what you yes.
0: say, right? Yes. Yes. I and
1: it. it's so, so true, even in the subscription box space where people like, you know, always have these great ideas, very blanket sort of, I want to do this. And I'm like, yeah, but let's get that a little bit tighter. Let's yes. go into a, a much deeper sort of level. So I love that, like with the NICU and the self-care and things like that, because that is very, very specific, very yes. targeted, very, you know, like, okay, I'm solving a problem. This is for you. I can speak to you. I can market to you. I can use your language. I can feel your pain. I can Mm -hmm. solve your
0: problem, all the things. So yeah, love that. So the idea is when they get to their, when they get to your website, they need to know immediately this was made for me. Yes. And that's what we want to create a box to that's going to do that for your target audience. Yes. I love that. I love that. Okay. So when we think
1: about, you know, kind of the profitability of boxes, right? So Mm -hmm. let me ask you this because I've heard that, you know, they're a great way to keep people engaged in your Mm -hmm. business and they're a great way to continue sort of that lifetime value. But I've heard, and again, rumors that sometimes it's not always as profitable as, you know, people think that it's going to be, but it's a great, sort of loyalty type program. Do you ever think about it from just say, hey, like it's a loyalty type thing, or do you always c- encourage or coach your coach or students to make sure that it is a profitable
0: part of your business? I think you know the answer to this one. This we are going, going to <laughs> we are going to coach them to be profitable. This right. is not a good business model for a hobby business. Yeah. This is a good business model for a long-term in it to win it. We we coach that you are going to shoot for 30 to 50% profit margin. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of ways you can do that through wholesale buying, for example. Um, if you're if your listeners aren't familiar with wholesale buying, it's you look at what say say you walk into um I, I bought stationery a lot. So say I walked into staples and I could buy this notepad for twelve dollars, but if I go to that manufacturer or that brand direct I can buy it for wholesale which is typically about 50 percent off yeah and so you're gonna fill your box up with wholesale items you're not buying stuff from the store and bringing at home yeah and so as you grow your box and you your subscribers the the higher quantities that you buy you're going to have more negotiating power as well yeah. so that's how that's why we say we shoot for 30 to 50 percent margin because there's different variables not you know if you're doing a replenishment box, every box might be the same because you're sending the same product. But if you're doing a product discovery box, that might be a little different. It's going to be a different curation every single time. Right. And so, and you might, your ad costs to acquire new customers that may go up and down based on the ads landscape, as we know that changes a lot. So (laughs) yeah, we, we like to say shoot for 30 to 50%. And as you continue to scale your business, grow your business, you're probably going to get better at negotiating, especially with, efficiencies of scale when you're buying more. Yeah. I love that. I love
1: that. And I think that's true, you know, for, for any business, obviously the profitability piece is there, but I do think that with subscription boxes specifically, that wholesale power is so Mm -hmm. critical. I've seen people go try to do it from the shelf, you know, buying things and then putting it together and saying, Oh, I'm not really making much money off this, but boy, they love the boxes. And I'm like, yeah, but why are we doing this? Yeah. Why are we doing this? Because you could probably sell them something else. It would be a little more profitable. And they could really, you know, you could you could make a business out of it instead yeah. of, like you said, like a hobby or something like that. So that's amazing. Okay. Well, as you kind of um wrap up, think about like who, you know, is the sort of ideal person that should be adding a subscription or a box to them. Kind of tell me a little bit about like who that ideal business owner is at this point? Like, when do I know it's time for me to add a box to my business?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know if there's, there's one answer that to that for me, but I like to think about how it's really a model that anybody could add to their business or like I had, it was a standalone business. Yeah. So think about brick and mortar stores. And when the pandemic happened, they were getting no foot traffic their cash flow was stagnant, their inventory was sitting on shelves. Imagine if you were a gift shop and you started a candle of the month club or a you know surprise gift of the month club. Figure out what, what your customers want. Like I said, ask them, solve yes. a problem for them. And so that was like literally a life raft for people with brick and mortar stores. Right. And then when it comes to like I said coaching, you can add it as an additional revenue and you can help your existing coaching students become more successful because you're physically sending them tools. So like a quick example, one month in Sparkle, Hustle, Grow, we were studying and every month we studied a different topic in business. And so one month we studied video. And so I had a video expert come in, teach us how to do Facebook lives. And then in the box, we put a tripod. And then we we had a video planner pad that we created so that you could map out what you were gonna say in your video. So think about that. Like, what are some of the things that if you already run a business yeah, would some physical products, help your customers and how that would yeah. happen. And again, ask them yeah. if we started this, if we started a XYZ of the month club, or if we started a subscription box, what would you love to see in it every single yeah. month? Yeah. I love that. I love that.
1: Okay. So Julie, where can people find you if they want to learn more because, you know, it's it, you've got to have a map. You've got to have a road, you know, a a roadmap to how to do this. Definitely something that you should learn from an expert like yourself, Mm -hmm. somebody who can help you, who's been there, done that, who's coaching lots of people. Where can people find out one about your course, about you, your podcast, all that stuff?
0: Yeah. Everything is under subscription box basics. So you'll find the podcast, the book, we're on Facebook and Instagram and our website. Everything is Subscription Box Basics. And we have a free on-demand video training that is perfect for if you have an idea and you just don't know where to start. This is this is the, those first few steps and there's no obligation. It's just a free video training. And you can find that at subscriptionboxbasics.com launch.
1: Awesome. We will drop all of that into the show notes and we will make sure that all the links are there so that you guys can get the information that you need from Julie. And thank you so much. This was really cool topic. I think it is such, I love, I love my boxes. I do have a lot of subscription boxes myself, Stitch Fix and otherwise I have a lot of them, but it's always really cool to hear about, you know, the ideas behind it, how to do this, how to do it well, and how to really make this part of a, a profitable part of your business. Um, and learning from someone like you is amazing. So thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. It was my pleasure. It was a lot of
1: fun chatting with you. Thank you. All right, everybody, until next time, thank you so much for listening to the Ecom Profit Podcast and we will talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact, and let's book a call. Thanks so much again, and until next
0: time.